It is our practice every Sunday to read the Bible and allow it to speak to our hearts, and that's what we're going to do today. And uh, I want to talk to you today from the topic, I didn't know my own strength. I did not know my own strength. I'm going to read from the Bible, uh, from Kings chapter 6, and uh, this is a story that's found in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8 onwards. And uh, we are then going to, um, to pray and allow God to speak to us. This is what it says. Uh, Once when the king of Syria was warring against Israel, he took counsel with his servants, saying, At such and such a place shall be my camp. So um, this is what's happening. The king of Syria is in battle. Syria is fighting Israel. And, um, and so the king of Syria says, Look, this is where I feel I'm going to pitch my camp. And attack Israel. Well, the man of God, which is Elisha, sent word to the king of Israel, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are going down there. It was like the king of Israel had advantage, because this prophet always knew what the enemy was going to do. And the king of Israel sent to the place about which the man of God told him. Thus he used to warn him, so that he saved himself there more than once or twice. Now, The mind of the king of Syria was greatly troubled because of this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me who of us is for the king of Israel? So he thought he had a spy in his camp because every time he would think of a battle strategy, the king of Israel knew about his battle strategy. So verse 12, one of the servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, Tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. And he said, go and see where he is, that I may send and seize him. I'm going to read that verse 13 again. Go and see where he is. What's his location? Give me his address. Because every time I go somewhere, he seems to know my address. He seems to know my location. Now, I want to know the prophet's location. Tell me where he is that I may send and seize him. It was told him, behold, he is in Dothan. So he sent their horses and chariots and a great army, and they came by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? He said, Do not Be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elijah prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And when the Syrians came down against him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Please strike this people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness in accordance with the prayer of Elisha. And Elisha said to them, This is not the way. This is not the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. And he led them to Samaria. As soon as they entered Samaria, Elisha said, O Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. So the Lord opened their eyes and saw, and they saw, and behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. As soon as the king of Israel saw them, he said to Elisha, My father, Shall I strike them down? Shall I strike them down? Elisha answered, You shall not strike them down. Would you strike down those whom you have taken captive with your sword and with your bow? Set bread and water before them, that they may eat and drink and go to their master. 
So he prepared for them a great feast. And when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away and they went to their master. And the Syrians did not come again on raids into the land of Israel. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful for this morning. Thank you for every person who's here. Thank you that we are not here by accident. Thank you that we are here by divine purpose. And today I thank you that you will speak with power. You will speak with purpose. You will speak with clarity. You will speak specifically to each of our hearts. Our hearts are open. So speak, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk to you, like I said, about this topic. I didn't know my own strength. One of the joys of parenting little children, I have two, two-year-old and a seven-year-old, is that often when we finish shopping, my seven-year-old often says, Dad, I can carry that. And, um, and I say, no, you can't. He says, watch me. And then he picks up a shopping bag, and I'm surprised at the strength he has. And it's like every year he, or every few months, he picks up something that's heavier, heavier than what he, I thought he was able to carry. At that moment, I'm surprised that he's able to carry weight I assumed he wouldn't be able to carry. And often in life, as a follower of Jesus Christ, if you are not a follower of Jesus Christ this morning, you are in the right place because you don't have to believe to belong because God loved us way before we believed. And his love extends towards you whether you believe in Jesus or not. The Bible says while we were still sinners, while we were still enemies, while we were still far off, God demonstrated his love for us and in dying for us. So God does not just love believers in Jesus. He loves the whole world. And so whether you are here with a little faith, a lot of faith, or no faith at all, the truth remains God loves you and God is good to you. That is his nature. And so I pray that by the end of this, this morning, if you are here and you don't know Jesus, you would have made a decision to put your trust in Jesus. But when you follow Jesus Christ, um, often you kind of have an estimate of your own strength. You think, I think this is what, how strong I am. I think I can go through some battles. And, uh, and how many of you have ever had an experience where you come through a week or a battle or something so traumatic in your life and you look back and you go, I, had no, I, I have no idea how I made it through. Like, I don't know how I got through that. I don't know how I got through that week. I don't know how I got through that betrayal. I don't know how I got through that heartache. I don't know how I got through that challenge. And sometimes you surprise yourself. You think, I didn't know I had that strength in me. I thought that would take me out. That would be the one moment where I'm just going to throw my fist in the air and say, God, I hate you. Thank you for being with me so far. But look what you did to me. And if you were good and if you were kind, why is it that I had to go through what I had to go through? If we had time and we were to pass the microphone around this building and we were to hear stories of what people in this room have gone through, you would be astounded, surprised, shocked even at some of the challenges and battles we have gone through through but we want to thank God that we made it we are here we are standing because God is good and he is faithful to bring us through what we've been through Elisha was a prophet he had x-ray vision he could know people's locations he knew exactly where people were Um, I'm so glad I didn't have parents that were prophets because uh, that way I'd never be able to get into mischief as a kid but this guy Elisha knew exactly what people were up to all the time and uh, he was able to give advice to the king of Israel and say hey 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise you to take that road because if you take that road, the king of Syria is set a trap for you. So he changes his plan and the king of Syria goes, who told him? Who told him? And it happened again and again. And so the king of Syria says, listen, I know there is a spy in my camp. Tell me, who, who's been leaking the information? And one of his staff members says to the king, king, listen, it's none of us. We're all for you. But there is a prophet in Israel. And every time you, you speak, this is what the Bible says, every time you speak in your bedroom, this guy can hear what you're saying. And uh, whatever you speak in your bedroom is repeated to the king of Israel. So every time you make a plan, they know what the plan is. So the king says, send me his location. Tell me where he lives. I'm going to send my best troops to go and take him out. So the king of Syria uh, finds that Elisha is in the city called Dothan, sends chariots and horses by night so that uh, there is no way of escaping. He didn't send them by day. So night fell and, and, and uh, Dothan was surrounded by horses and chariots. Next day, Elijah and his, Elisha and his servant, they wake up, they go out of the morning and they see that the city is surrounded by horses and chariots. They can clearly see that these are Syrians and they have come to kill Elisha. And Elisha's servant goes, oh gosh, what are we going to do right now? You see, when we go through certain responsibilities that we do, those responsibilities themselves bring with it attacks or challenges. You see, Elisha was not under attack because he was sinning. Elisha was not under attack because his prayer life was bad. Elisha was not under attack because um, he was in some way rebelling against God. Elisha was not under attack because his faith was low. Elisha was not under attack because he was not following God wholeheartedly. Elisha was under attack because he was just doing faithfully the job that was entrusted to him to be a prophet of God. And uh, sometimes you and I can come to the wrong conclusion every time we go under attack and we say, it's got to be because of something wrong I've done. It's got to be because of something bad I've done. It's got to be my unbelief. It's got to be the thing. It's not because I'm not trusting God enough. It's because I'm not spiritual enough. It's not because I'm not praying enough. And we can come to the conclusion that the attack that we go through is a sign that somehow we're not doing what we're supposed to do. Or we can fall into self-pity and we can say, look at me. I'm a prophet. I've done everything right. Every time God has given me a word, I've been faithful to deliver it. And why am I under attack? And both of those are traps. One is guilt. The other is self-pity. Guilt is when you feel like you have the shame, you feel a feeling of shame that you are somehow partly responsible for the attack you're under. Self-pity is, is, is a feeling that comes out of pride because you think, I've given right, I've sown right, right, I've prayed right, I've done all the right things. Listen, people should appreciate me, applaud me, congratulate me, carry me, and instead of having a red carpet thrown out for me for all of my sacrifices and following God, look what I've got instead, and you end up being sorry for yourself. But I want to encourage you today to have a right perspective of the warfare you're going through. Even if you're going through the right thing and doing the right thing in the right way in the right places, some 
sometimes there are things that happen in life that may not always have an explanation. So I want to encourage you, don't be quick to jump to an explanation for why it is that you are going through what you're going through. I am always cautious of people who always have a reason for why something is happening. Have you met them? There's always a response. Oh, the reason the way the country is going is because of this. The reason this is happening in the nation is because of this. The reason for the economy's collapse is because of this. The reason for this. And everybody has a reason why. And, and, and it feels spiritual and it sounds spiritual. I want to encourage you. Have a greater revelation of who God is than who the enemy is. Have a greater wonder and awe of the, of the amazing glory of God more than what the attack is on your life. Have a greater perspective of the strength you carry than the reason you are going through what you're going through. Here's something deep and very simple and very profound. You don't know what you don't know. You don't know. You just don't know what you don't know. And if you don't know it, and if you're just regurgitating people's opinions of why certain battles come to place, then you will start becoming experts in why things happen the way they are, instead of standing back and saying, God, I actually don't know. I'm going to just wait and wait for the story to pass so I can be aware of what you're doing. Religious people at that moment will look at Elisha and say, "Ah, I I knew this was coming. I knew this was coming to him. I knew, I mean, his predecessor was Elijah. He didn't do it the way he did it. Elijah was different. Elijah prayed different. Elijah had different schools of prophecies. Elijah had different ways of prayer. In fact, when Elijah was on earth, these are not the miracles he did. Look at Elijah. He's so different to, to, to who, how Elijah operated, to how Elijah worshipped, to how Elijah called down fire. You need Elijah, one man, man, his predecessor, one time he stood before 400 prophets of Baal. He prayed and fire fell from heaven and consumed the sacrifice. I've not seen Elisha call down fire from heaven. Maybe it's a sign that his anointing is on the wane. And you'll be amazed at the number of experts that come and bring opinion and speculation and theories about why you are going through what you're going through. I want to encourage you today. You are a child of God. You don't need people's validation. You don't know people's opinions. You don't need people's explanations. And if you're going through struggle right now, give it a couple of days and you'll be amazed to see how faithful and good God is to you. You'll be amazed to see how good and faithful God is to you, to you, to you, to you. And uh, and and uh, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. You see, the people who love you don't need an explanation, and the people who don't love you won't believe your explanation anyway. So don't try and waste your energy and time to say, this is the original, this is the authentic, I am a man of God. What do you mean? Well, if you were a man of God, why would you come under so much attack? There is a sign that there is a root cause to the attack. There is no root cause that you can explain my pain. And that's why you should be careful to hang around people who have an explanation for your pain. They are not your God. God called you. He loved you. He chose you. Your validation and your identity comes from God and if you are God's he will protect you he will keep you you don't need for people to know your story he will come through and give it time and you will see that God is faithful to you God is faithful to you God's faithful to you so the army come together and uh, they surrounded uh, Elisha and his servant at night and and the Bible says um, Elisha 
prayed and said, God, I'd love for you to open my servant, my servant's eyes. So the servant's eyes are open and he sees the chariots of fire surrounding Dothan. And uh, the chariots of fire, the Bible says, were not arriving. They had already arrived. They were already there. So here's my question. If the chariots of fire were there from God, God somehow, I don't know what that looks like. I have no idea. I have never seen one. But if God was to send from heaven chariots and horses of fire and surround Dothan and the Syrian army were already there, why didn't the story say they woke up the next morning and they saw that the entire Syrian army was dead? Because if God was there, surely he could have dealt with the enemy while they were sleeping. Because the previous night, the army came, the chariots of fire also came, and then the next morning they wake up, and God gives a word to Elisha and says, Elisha, while you were asleep, an enemy came to attack you. I just want to let you know, I sent my chariots of fire, dealt with them. You see all these dead bodies here, those are all your enemies. Just want to let you know, I dealt with it, and the victory is yours. And you would have gone, brilliant, that's amazing. I'm so glad that you fought my battles. You see, sometimes God saves you from a battle, but sometimes God saves you through a battle. And you don't get to choose which way it happens in your life. You don't get to choose which way it happens. And the expert religious people will always try to find the root cause of the existence of a battle because they'll say, if this battle exists, if you are a child of God, this battle shouldn't exist. So let's try and find the root cause. And that's why for some of you, your relationship with God is one long apology. You have asked God for your forgiveness of your sin a hundred times for the things that you have done when you were in year two. Year two, God, I stole Charlie's pencil. I'm sure this is the reason why I'm going through what I'm doing. I'm so sorry I stole Charlie's pencil. And next time you go through something bad, you're asking God for forgiveness for the pencil that you stole when you were in year two. How long will your relationship with God be an apology? He is your father. As far as the east is from the west, he has forgiven your sins. As far as the heavens is above the earth, so great is his love for you. His love for you is infinite, limitless, matchless. You can't overwhelm, you can, you can never overcome it. That, that Paul says in the, in the scriptures, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart will be open, that you'll know the length, the height, the breadth, the width of the love of God. It's massive, it's enormous, it's infinite. You can't describe it. God sometimes saves you from a battle, sometimes he saves you through a battle. If you are here today and you are facing a battle or somebody in your family is facing a battle, I want you to know God is faithful and you are going to come through it to the other side and you will stand and testify that God has been faithful to you in anticipation for the victory you're about to see in your future. Why don't you give God a shout of praise right now? He is faithful to bring through to the other end everything concerning your life. Concerning your life. The battle is not won just by knowing, knowing who God is, but knowing who God is to you this very moment. I can't remember who said it, but I think it was Pastor Bill Johnson. He said, unbelief is the difference between knowing who God is and who God is to you. Who is he to you right now? Elisha's servant was panicking. Oh no, what are we going to do? But if you asked him to pray, I'm sure he could pray. 
If you asked him who is God, I'm sure he could tell you who is God. I mean, this man had witnessed so many miracles. He had seen so many things happen in his life. He had an incredible repertoire of miracles, seeing signs and wonders, who God is. And, 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 and sometimes we can have the most incredible vocabulary when we pray. We can have the most incredible vocabulary when we think about God. But my question to you today is, do you know who God is to you right now? Who is he to you? today do you believe he is your savior in the current battle do you believe he is your healer in the current sickness do you believe he is your sustainer in the mystery of the struggle you're going through do you believe that he is faithful to you today just because you have a history of knowing God, knowing about God, knowing about the miracles of God, a history of a repertoire of number of testimonies of what God has done in you, through you, among you, with you, you can still walk in unbelief and fear because faith is not just knowing who God is. Faith is the ability to appropriate or to action who God is to you currently right now. I want to say to every person that is battling unbelief in your mind, this is how you know you're going through unbelief if somebody asked you a stranger asked you who is God you'd be able to tell them God is the miracle worker he is the way maker he's the promise keeper he's done this for me and he's done that for me this is how I gave my life to Jesus I'm so glad he touched my life touched my family's life there were moments where I thought I wouldn't come through and God came through for me and and you know you have a repertoire a testimonies of story after story of who God is and what he can do for you but sometimes you can have all of that and you go back to your house to your bedroom and you're crying yourself to sleep because you have no faith whether God will bring you through this challenge the current pain the current struggle you're going through. Sometimes you can't even talk to God about it. So you would much rather pray about other issues and avoid the challenge altogether because you just, you just don't, you are so numb with pain that you don't, can't, you can't even talk to God about what he is, go, what you are going through right now. I want to speak a word of release of every person that is going through the spirit of unbelief because you can't trust God for what you're going through. In the name of Jesus, today receive freedom to believe God for for your current situation. Today believe, receive the faith to know that he is good to you. Today that believe and receive the faith to know he is good to you today. He is good to your children today. He is good to your health today. He is good to your plans today. He is good to your pain today. He is good in your current circumstance. You may not know it. You may not understand it, but he is good to you today. The difference today, I believe, oh God, that you will release a spirit of faith help us to believe that not just that you are good but that you are good to me and you will be good to me in jesus name amen in february this year my wife was diagnosed with cancer it's good to see her on stage today part of the team leading worship first time back one of the things that happens with thyroid operations is we walked into the um we, um, we walked into the doctor's, uh, the consultant's office, and he said, well, one of the side effects of operating on the thyroid is that you might lose your voice. And Reshmi did uh, lose her voice for a couple of days, and then it was affected for a few more days. 
And um, we felt strongly that this was also an attack against her. Um, uh, Reshmi is not one of those people that always thinks about the root cause of what this is going on, what, what, how, why things are happening. This is not, it's just not the way we live our lives. We, we live our lives in the revelation that God is good, not looking for a demon under every stone. That's not just not the way we live. And uh, Reshmi said, um, listen, I just feel there is an attack against my voice, but I'm going to sing one day. And today was the first day that she was back on stage singing. And I want to say, God is good. God is good. God is good. But when 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 this uh, when this news came, and um, one of our um, one of our pastors, we a group we're part of a group of churches called the Assemblies of God, and our current leader of the Assemblies of God is a, is a guy called Glenn. So Pastor Glenn, when he heard the message, he heard the news. He messaged me, and he said, "Sujit, I just heard the news." And he said these words. He said, "I want you to know, God can, and God will." Faith is the difference between knowing God can and God will. Not just that God can, but God will. To every person that's struggling today, I want to say to you, God can and God will. He will. He will. Not just God can. We know that, don't we? Theoretically, we know that. But I want to tell you, God will. Not just God can, God will. And some of you are struggling because even as I'm saying this, you can see your unbelief pop to the surface and, and, and you, hear this, you hear this voice. Will he? Will he really? Why hasn't he so far then? We're not here to tell you reasons why it hasn't happened. We're people who will believe that God can and God will. I wonder whether you can give a defiant shout in the face of unbelief and believe that God will come through. He will come through. He will come through. He will come through. He will. He will. He will. God will. God will. God will. God will. God will. God will. The difference between Elijah and his servant, was that one person believed God can, the other person believed God will. I want to tell you today, you don't know your own strength, and I want you to know that you will walk the rest of your life knowing that God will. God will. God will. But what if you are like the servant? Because if I'm honest, some days I'm full of faith. Some days I'm the other guy. Oh no, we're going to die. We're going to die. What are we going to do now? This is it. This is the end. I better call the funeral directors. You know, I, I, maybe it's just me. But I can be so dramatic sometimes. You just assume the worst. It's just all going to go pear-shaped. And you don't see anywhere the servant being commended for his faith or his trust. He's just saying, oh no, what are we going to do? And he has his experience of his open eyes. And then he sees the chariots of fire and, uh, and horses of God. Where was the location of the chariots of fire? Because we're told the location of the chariots and the horses of Syria. The Bible says the chariots and the horses of Syria were surrounding the city of Dothan. But we're also told, present also, were the chariots and the horses of fire. Where? Where? The location. Where is the location of the chariots of fire 
that God had sent. Let's find out the location. If we can put that up, verse 13, chapter 6, verse 13 and 14. Second uh, Kings chapter 6, verse 13 and 14. God opens his eyes. One of the servants said, No, my Lord, uh, go and seize him, that I may say, It was told, behold, he is in Dothan. So that's the location the Syrian army went to. Verse 14, next slide. So he sent there, there, where? Dothan. Horses and chariots and a great army. They came by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was there. And the servant said, Master, what shall we do? It sounds like me a lot of time. He said, don't be afraid. For those who are with us are those are more than those who are with them. Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. The Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. Behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. All around Elisha. The chariots of Syria were all around Dothan. But the chariots of fire were all around Elisha. All the way up to the mountains. That means starting from his house all the way to the mountains. The chariots of fire existed. The mountains, the, the city of Dothan was surrounded by the chariots of Syria. But every single location as far as the eye could see from the bedroom to the mountains were chariots of fire. That's why Elisha said, open his eyes so he can see there's more with us than those more that are against us. I want to say to you, even if you look at that story, and this dramatic guy, oh no, what are we going to do? I'm just going to die. The Bible doesn't say he died. Actually, he was saved and he came through. Let me ask you a question. If a man with such unbelief, a man who had no faith, a man who was so dramatic, he came to the conclusion that there was no way out. If he could be protected by the fire on behalf of Elisha's faith. What about you and I that are called to serve God on the basis of the faith of Jesus Christ? If Elisha's servant could receive protection because of the fire around Elisha, I want to say to you, you are not in Dothan. You are not in Elisha's bedroom. You are not surrounded by chariots of fire from here all the way to the mountains. You're actually in a better location. You are seated with him in heavenly places. And if in the old covenant and the old promises under the blood of goats and bulls and turtle doves, if the fire of God upon a prophet could protect a servant who had unbelief, I want to say to you, you can have a bad day this week. You can feel full of faith this week. And you may hit Wednesday and say, I can't do this anymore. I don't feel the God that I felt on a Sunday. I don't feel the spirit I felt on a Sunday. I feel like I'm giving up. I feel like I've got no faith. I want to encourage you. Hear it from your pastor. Even if for the next three days you don't read your Bible and you don't pray, God is going to be faithful to you. You are seated with him in heaven places. You don't get there and come out and get there and come out. It is a permanent seed that you have and whether you have faith or no faith God's mind is made up about you and you are surrounded by the glory and the goodness of God day in day out. In fact, let's look at our location, Ephesians chapter 2 verses 3 to 7. This is, we're not in Dothan, we're not in Elisha's bedroom. 
This is where we are. Among whom we all once lived passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And we were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. I want to mention a few things about where you are. You are not in Dothan. You are not in Elisha's bedroom. You are not surrounded by chariots of fire from here all the way to the mountains. You are in a better location. Number one, the Bible says, while you were still dead in your trespasses. That's a time while you were still dead. He made us alive and seated us with him in Christ Jesus. In other words, God's love for you was demonstrated not when you were praying, not when you were fasting, not when you were tithing, not when you were doing your best behavior, not when you were on fire for God. While you were dead, God gave him gave you his best. That means the kindness of God towards you was lavish when you did nothing. And if that was the kindness of God towards you when you had no faith, imagine the kindness of God that you can experience today. You are seated with him in heavenly places at a time where you do not even deserve it. You didn't, you weren't even aware of it. You are seated there. Your position to receive what? The Bible says kindness. You are raised with him and seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that, verse 7, in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. You were positioned when you were dead. You are positioned to receive kindness. Number three, how much? Immeasurable riches of kindness. For how long? For the ages to come. Where? In Christ Jesus. That happened while you were still dead in your trespasses, the Bible says. And that's why you should not come to conclusions when you have a bad week or a bad day. Or you feel like you can't feel God. Is it just me? I can't feel his presence. I remember when I could feel him. I can't feel him anymore. One of my friends said, listen, you have to stop making God a roller coaster. He's not a feeling. I can feel it. Can you feel him? I can feel him. I can't feel him. I used to feel him on Monday. Can't feel him on Tuesday. Where's he gone? God's not a feeling. While you were still dead, He quickened you, raised you, seated you, made his mind concerning you that in the ages to come, he will show off his immeasurable riches of kindness towards you in Christ Jesus. Now, the only way you can lose out on that is if the devil can convince you that that is not true. So if you can, the devil can't steal your blessing, but he can deceive you to believing that the blessing is left. And whatever you believe, you will manifest. I want to encourage you, believe the truth of God concerning you. While you were still dead, he quickened you, seated you in heavenly places so that in the ages to come, you will have the immeasurable riches of God expressed in Christ Jesus towards you. I wonder whether you can stare at every bad day you're going to have. You can stare at every bad week you're going to have. 
I wonder whether you can look forward and look at Thursday this week maybe where you're going to have to meet that horrible boss of yours and you go, here's the person that's coming to steal all my joy. Or maybe you're going back and you have to meet somebody and you think, oh man, I wish I could just stay in church and just pitch a tent here because this is so good. I can just ignore all my responsibilities. I don't have to pay bills. I don't have to think of the mortgage. I don't think of the food. I don't have to think of my kids. I don't have to think of anything. And 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 you're just saying, God, I, I help because, because you know, this, this is something wrong with the world. There's something wrong with everything that's going. I just want to stay here. I wonder whether you can stare at everything that could potentially go wrong in the future and give God a shout of praise and say, I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. My kindness is not going to be changed by the feelings that I go through. Immeasurable kindness towards me in Christ Jesus for the coming ages. For all of the coming ages. That is God's mind made up. Sometimes we just don't know our own strength. We just don't know our own strength. This is how strong we are. This is who we're called to be. This is where God has placed us in Christ Jesus. And finally, when did the chariots of fire arrive? When did the chariots of fire arrive? The Bible says it was at night that the king of Syria decided to send his chariots. Question. If they knew Elisha's location... Why didn't they just take him out? Why didn't they just take him out? No, the the chariots of fire also arrived the previous night. I wonder whether God is trying to say to us that he can fight more battles for you through resting than through striving. Whether whether he'll, he'll just remind you today that it is not the striving the struggling, the trying to prove to God that you are spiritual, that brings the fire, but resting in knowing where you are seated. Rest for a new covenant believer is not putting your feet up and saying, I don't need to do anything. That's what perhaps the English language refers to rest, a vacation, a holiday. No. Rest for a believer in Jesus Christ is completely aware of your position. And working from that place. Where's your position? While I was dead, he quickened me and seated me in heavenly places. While I was dead, he made up his mind that he's going to be kind towards me. How kind? Immeasurable riches of kindness. For how long? For the ages to come. Where? In Christ Jesus. When you're constantly, consciously aware that that's where you are, you begin to have an enthusiasm about you. You begin to have a faith about you. You begin to have a vigor about you. You begin to look at your challenges and your mountains in a new light. Is I can't feel God, but it doesn't change the fact that I'm seated with him in heavenly places. I don't know why these enemies have come to take me out, but it doesn't change my position that I'm operating from rest. I am seated with Christ in heavenly places. I want to encourage you and I want to release every person today that is feeling tired by the striving, tired by the straining. You meet some people and say, I'm tired. Why? I've been praying and striving, asking God to come through and beat the enemy for me. If you're 
striving, my friend, it will work. The problem is that you got to keep it up for the rest of your life. And sooner or later, there will come a day when you don't have the energy and you don't pray. And because all of your faith was based on your prayer life, you think, man, I messed up praying. And one week when I messed up praying, here comes all the attacks. You have put your faith in your prayer life for far too long. Look up. There is a better place to put your faith. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. His attitude towards you, his mind towards you has been made up. He wants to be kind, immeasurably kind to you for the ages to come in Christ Jesus today in Jesus' name. If you are here today and the thing that has tired you out, the thing that has tired you out is your faith in Jesus Christ. The thing that has tired you out is actually coming to church. The thing that has actually tired you out is following Jesus. The thing that has made you weary is waking up and thinking, i got to read the Bible. The thing that has tired you out is remembering, man, I tithed last month. Whenever I got money, I put God first. This week, I'm just tired. I don't want to do that again. If you are here today and you are tired, there is a better way. You are trying to do all of it by your own strength and you can only keep up your strength for too long, for so long. After that, you will give up. You will not have the strength to do it. You will quit church. You will quit God and you will say it did not work. Church did not work. God did not work. It's not that church didn't work or God didn't work. It's that you put your own faith in your own ability to keep you. You don't keep you. God keeps you. You don't protect you. God protects you. You don't sustain you. God sustains you. You were made alive while you were still dead, seated in heavenly places so that in the ages to come, the immeasurable measures of grace is given to you in Christ Jesus. If you are here today and you are fighting fatigue because of the battles you're facing. I wonder whether you can give God a shout of praise to know it is his responsibility to give you the breakthrough that you need. He is able. God can and God will. 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 God will. God will. God will. When my son takes the shopping from the car and thinks, man, I didn't, I didn't know your strength. You know what the pinnacle of strength for a Christian is? A pinnacle of strength for a Christian is when you can, um, when you can get all the people that wanted to kill you. Look at what happened. It says, um, God blind them. He blinds the entire Syrian army. Says, come this way, takes them to Jerusalem. And he puts on a buffet for them. Says, here you go. Here's bread. Here's water. If it was me, I'd, I'd be like the king. And said, when the Syrians came, Elijah prayed, you know, he led them to Samaria, sorry, not to Jerusalem, to Samaria. Verse 20, the next slide. As soon as they entered Samaria, Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men. They may see. The Lord opened their eyes and they saw. And behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. As soon as the king of Israel saw them, he said, this is me. This would be me. Elisha, my father, shall I strike them down? Shall I strike them down? Elisha answered, you won't. You're not going to strike them down. Why would you strike down those whom you have taken captive with your sword and your bow? Set bread and water before them so that they may eat and drink and go to their master. The word of the Lord says, hey, you know all these people that want to kill you? Give them something to eat. Give them bread and water. 
This is how I know God does not endorse a keto diet in Jesus' name. He is pro-carbs. Everybody said amen. He said, give them bread and water to drink. Bread and water to drink. That they go. And look at that. God, God told them, give them bread and water. And there are multiple times in the Bible where food was provided. And I can promise you that these guys did not follow the instructions. Because this is what it says. So he prepared for them a great feast. And I promise you every time the Bible mentions feast, it's not just bread and water. I believe there was steak there, medium rare, ribeye, cooked just right. For who? For the people that wanted to kill you. For the people that wanted to take your life. He prepared a great feast. A great feast. And when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away and they went to their master. I want to tell you, you have so much strength that you can even feed your enemies. You can buy them dinner. You can love them. And if you are today looking at people and saying, man, I I would be in in such a better place if it wasn't for people. I'd just be in such a better place. The only problem with church is the people. The only problem with my life is the people in my life. Lord, it's the people. It's the people. If, if I had different people that raised me, and if I, if I had different people that taught me at school, and if I was married to a different person, and if I had different children, and if I had different neighbors, and if I had different work colleagues, it would, would just be great. And, and the reason I am the way I am is because of the people in my life. People. It's just the people. God, God's not the problem. It's the people. The people. Elisha prepares, says, give them bread and water. The king says, I'll do one better. I'll, I'll prepare a great feast. I'll prepare a great feast for them. All the people who wanted to kill you, you're feeding them. I don't know who this prophecy is for, but if this is for you, lift your hands and receive it in Jesus' name. Even the people that you wanted, wanted you dead, even the people that hurt you, even the people that wanted to kill you, You'll end up feeding them. You will be amazed at the strength you have. You will be amazed at the strength you have. You will be able to forgive divinely. You will never walk again wounded, worried about people's opinions and what they said and what they did and what they didn't do and what they didn't say and how they turned up and how they didn't turn up. No, you don't know your own strength. You are stronger than you think. You have more grace than you think. You have more courage than you think. You have more fire in your belly than you think. You have more power than you think. You are not as weak as your mind makes it out to be. You don't know your own strength. You are stronger than you think. Wouldn't it be amazing if we as a community, that's why we are called Beacon Church. The the way we got our name is from the prophecy in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1, 2, 3. Arise, shine, your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Behold, darkness covers the face of the earth, but the glory of the Lord shall be seen upon you. We're not people who deny the darkness. We're just saying there is a brighter light that is on our life, that the darkness that we see in the world today, and the light of God has shone upon us. And you see one of the most rarest occurrences in the Bible as soon as they finish eating. This never happens. This never usually happens. You can, you can examine all of the Old Testament and this usually never happens. Usually after a battle, usually after a battle, what happens is, it says in the Bible, 
Oh, I feel the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe some chains are going to be broken in this room today. I wonder if the media team can give me some music. Victor, can you come and just be on drums for me? Usually in the Bible, usually in the Bible, after a battle is won, it says, and the land had rest for 20 years, or the land had rest for 40 years, or the land had rest for 80 years, or the land had rest... For however long. But, but for, for a very rare instance it says. And the Syrians did not come again. To raid into the land of Israel. In other words this was not something that happened for 20 years. This battle was so conclusive. So emphatic. So emphatic. That the Syrians said. We're never we're never, we're never going to go attack them again. Not because Elisha flexed his muscles and killed them all, but he's able to feed his haters. He was able to forgive. He was able to live above the commotion of disrespect and dishonor. Live above the commotion of self-pity, anger, and live above the commotion of guilt and shame said, never again, never again did they come to raid the land of Israel. Never again. I wonder if that's a word for you, that the enemies you're going to face today, you're currently facing, that God wants to do something in your life so that it will never be faced by you again. That the current challenge that you're going through, you will never face again. That whatever you're going through today, if you will believe that God has permanently seated you in heavenly places. You're not placed in a place where you you think you're you're in and out of God's presence, in and out of God's presence, in and out. No, no. You are permanently seated in heavenly places. I believe today, prophetically, some of you will never face the Syrians again. You'll never face it again. You'll never face it again. Many, many stories of the amazing moves of God have all said, and the land had rest for 20 years, and the land had rest for 40 years, and the land had rest for a generation, and the land had a rest for two generations. But this says it never happened again, never again. And the Syrians say, hey, let's go attack Israel. It never happened again. Why? Because one man decided that it was better to have open eyes to heavenly realities than to have open eyes to earthly realities. I wonder whether you read the Bible more than you read the news. I wonder whether you listen to God more than you listen to the opinions of people and what the world is is doing or the way the world is going. No. Religious people look, look at the way they disrespected Israel. They send their army to destroy Israel. Serves them right, will kill them. Said, no, let's feed them. Let's feed them. Prepare a great feast for them. Never again was Israel bothered by the Syrians. I want to encourage you, if you fight your battles, you'll have to keep fighting it. You sustain yourself, you're going to keep sustaining yourself. If you keep protecting you, you're going to have to keep protecting yourself. I'm so excited to share this because it has been my lifelong ambition that I want to live there. I want to live there. Even if the entire country disrespects me, I want to live there. 
Even if the entire world wants to kill me, I want to live in a different place. Even if the whole world doesn't come and applaud me and just give me the red carpet treatment, I want to live in a place where I'm different. I don't want to be dramatic and say, oh, what am I going to do? I want to live there. Today, there is grace available to you to bring about something of a permanency to the battles that you're fighting today. To bring about a permanency and giving you the victory in the battles that you're facing today. If you're here today and you say, God, I want to live like that. I want to live above and not below. I want to live with a revelation of who God is and not of who I am. Then today, rather than wishing away the enemy, rather than hoping that you don't have any more battles, rather than wondering, oh, I hope one day God proves to them that I am God. No, he says, no, God, I want, I want to feed all of them. It's okay. I live above. I'm not going to let these things affect me. I'm not going to live in a place where the dishonor and the disrespect and the attack and the, and, the, and the guys who don't like me and the people who have blind eyes and he's my teammate. Surely he should have open eyes. If my own teammate doesn't have open eyes, who's going to have open eyes? No, Elisha was able to live in a place where he was so confident that he was above and not below. I want, I want to encourage you. You don't know your own strength. You don't know how strong you are. But today God is reminding you of where you are seated, where your location is. You're not in Elisha's house. You're not in Elisha's bedroom. You're not surrounded by chariots of fire. You are in a much better place. You're in a much better place. Seated with God in heavenly places. One of the things we do here at Beacon Church is that we are so aware that everything that God has for us is received by faith and how do we operate by faith by confession by praise by sowing seed I want to encourage some of you some of you need to operate your faith today by bringing to God an offering and saying God this is my offering you've never given before because you are are, are struggling God is going to encourage some of you to bring an offering today to say here's my faith to know that I live above and not below For a moment, will you stand in God's presence if this word has spoken to you? I want to declare certain things over you prophetically. And then we're going to shout and raise a shout of praise and defiance for every horse, for every battle that you're fighting, every enemy that is staring you down and saying, this is the end. These are a few things that I feel God wants you to know. For a blessing, lift your hands. I say in Jesus' name, this is not the end. I say in Jesus' name, this will not always be your story. I say in Jesus' name, whatever is happening to you right now is not permanent. You will come through it. It's not just that God can. I say to your life in Jesus' name, God will. I say to your life in Jesus' name, your eyes will be open to know that God has seated you in heavenly places with Him permanently so that in the ages to come you will have the immeasurable kindness of God shown towards you in Christ Jesus I say to you you will not panic you will not quit you will not fear you will not give up and it is only a matter of time because you before your life shows off the goodness and the grace and the courage of God 
It is not through your striving that you will win. It is through receiving who God has made you that you will conquer your battles. So in Jesus' name, I rebuke every striving, every hard work, every religious spirit in this place that comes to find a reason for who you are and why you are the way you are. I rebuke those religious voices. You are who God says you are. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And yours is the victory in the name of Jesus. And some of you today, I don't know who that is, some of you today will never fight this battle again. Will never fight this battle again. Will never fight this battle again. You will never, ever fight this battle. You will never fight this battle again. It will be permanent for you. In Jesus' name, you will go through a bad week and know that God is still good. In Jesus' name, you will go through the temptation of prayerlessness and know that God has not changed His mind about you. In Jesus' name, some weeks you may fall and fall into temptation. But even when you fall into temptation, you will be reminded that God made up His mind about you when you were still dead and made you alive in Christ Jesus and seated you in heavenly places to give you The kindness of his heart in Christ Jesus. In Jesus name you will feed your enemies. In Jesus name you will forgive with such depth that you will forget your wounds. You will forget your scars. You will forget your disrespect. You will forget your pain. The people that abused you. The people that wounded you. The people that rejected you. The people that disrespected you. Today in the name of Jesus you receive the grace to walk in freedom. To walk in freedom. To walk in freedom. To walk in freedom. In Jesus' name, God will remind you to give bread and water, but you will do one better and prepare a great feast. You won't just tithe, you will give above and beyond your tithe. If God can cause you to feed your enemies, how much more God will encourage you to bring your tithes and offerings to church. If we're meant to feed our enemies, how much more does God receive? Today in Jesus name I release a spirit of generosity in this house. Those who are struggling with your tithe, you will bring your tithe into the church. Those who are struggling with giving to God, you will start giving to God. Today before you leave this building, the Holy Spirit will speak to some of you and you will bring an offering that you have never brought before and it will be a sign that God has done something permanent in your heart and in your life in Jesus name. You don't know your own strength. (laughs) The story started by a man panicking. What are we going to do? But the story finished by the very man helping to serve a buffet to the people that were going to kill him. I want to promise over your life and prophesy. God will do exceedingly, abundantly, way more than you can ever ask or imagine. You haven't seen anything yet. You haven't seen anything yet. God can and God will. God can and God will. God can and God will. In expectation to every giant you currently face. Staring down every giant you currently face. 
whether it's depression, anxiety, sleepless nights, unforgiveness, woundings from your past. In anticipation of the challenges that you might face this week, in challenges of the challenges you might face this winter, challenges you might face even in 2023, even as we're coming to the end of the month of October, 10 months of 2022 are behind us. This is the last Sunday of October. We've got 2 months left. I wonder whether even right now in October you can look at 2023 and begin to release your faith right now to know you don't know what challenges are going to come your way but you know that god has made up his mind about you he's made up his mind about you so we're going to do what we do at beacon church well and that is to praise god in advance for what you're about to enjoy because faith is always activated before seeing We don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. We don't thank God after we have seen the miracle. We praise God before we see the miracle because that's what faith looks like. One is thanksgiving for what he has already done, but this is a faith praise. This is faith in advance to know that while you were dead, God made up his mind about you. This is a faith praise to know that you will be surprised by your strength, that your husband will be surprised by your strength, your wife will be surprised by your strength, your children will be surprised by your strength your colleagues will be surprised by your strength your family members will be surprised by your strength beacon church are we ready to give god a shout of praise at the count of 3 1 2 3 let's praise him for all that god has done for all that he's going to do hallelujah hallelujah I hear chains falling. I hear chains breaking. Satanic decrees, demonic influences, powers of witchcraft, generational forces. I cut you now. I come against you now. The power of the blood of Jesus is against you and your forces in our family. Get off our children. Get off our marriage. Get off our health. Get off our finances. We praise you that the battle is yours. The battle is yours. The battle is yours. And the vic- tree is ours we stare it down we stare it down we stare it down and we say in Jesus name we will overcome we will conquer we will forgive we will give we will sow we will live and we will overcome exceedingly abundantly way more than we can ever ask or imagine it happens now it happens tomorrow it happens next week and now in 2022 is blessed our november is blessed our december is blessed and our next year is blessed in the name of Jesus 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 al karebrun da selefeshe priandel faxaria doro katana mande el shefete moya pratelif sikia brundulo bratene em sola vale bushakata ya salebrundulo robasia engdulaba jalabasha mana matribia some of you will never face this giant again this is the last day this is the expiry date for your current struggle it will never happen again never 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 again and lord in a country that is full of turmoil wondering what the enemy is going to do father as beacon church we surrender our hearts to say we are different people 
We're different people. We're different people. Open our eyes. Open our eyes, Lord. 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 We want to see that sunrise again and 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 again. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. That means His mercy is new on a Sunday. It's new on a Monday. It's new on a Tuesday. It's new on a Wednesday. It's new on a Thursday. It's new on a Friday. It's new on a Saturday. It never ends. It never ends. It never ends. It never ends. Hey! It never ends. It never ends. It never ends. It never ends. Oh, I want to finish, but I feel God is still doing something in someone's life today. Some of it is generational. Your mom was never able to conquer depression. Your mom's mom was never able to conquer depression. Your dad, your mom was never able to conquer migraine headaches and migraine headaches were a thing that was common in your family and then you've just got used to it. Oh, my mom had it and my aunt had it, my uncle had it. My, I feel God is healing the disease of migraine headaches in the name of Jesus. I come against that force. It will end today. It will end today. It will end today 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 by the fire of God it ends today it ends today it ends today we have been inundated with testimonies recently in Beacon Church about financial provision even as I was walking in this morning somebody said to me oh it was amazing. You know that client I was looking to get? We got them against against all odds. It happened. I spoke to somebody in Asda in the car park this week and said, Oh, you know that job we prayed for at the prayer meeting? It happened. And I truly believe sometimes the enemy comes to stifle your provision. And people are here worried about what is going to happen, whether you feed your kids. Listen, the news can tell you that you have to choose between eating and heating. But I want to say to you, that is not God's advice to you you that is not God's will for your life and today if you are surrounded and you feel the restriction of a financial limitation I believe there is a grace on Beacon Church for wealth I believe there's a grace on Beacon Church for open doors I believe there's a grace on Beacon Church for increase I believe there's a grace on Beacon Church to be different to what the news is saying that we're going to face to every person in our community that is about to go through winter it's apt that we do today because today is the day that the clocks changed and we're entering into a new time starting today we will be reminded that winter is around the corner for every person that believes that you will go through this winter not just having enough but having more than enough having enough to supply your needs even to your enemies father today in the name of Jesus we release provision provision from the north come money from the north come money from the south come money from the east come money from the west come Come. Businesses come. Contracts come. Open doors come. Provision come from unusual, unexpected places. Provision happen now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I have to finish. I have to finish. I'll do one more thing and then I'll finish. One of the things that has reminded me the most about where I am seated permanently while I was dead. Think about it. While I was dead in my trespasses, God quickened me 
made me alive in Christ Jesus, seated me in heavenly places, so that in the ages to come, the immeasurable measures of grace and kindness will be given to me in Christ Jesus. This was done when I was, the thing that it reminds me, helps me remember the most, is being filled with the Spirit, speaking in a heavenly language, something that the Holy Spirit gives you the ability to do. Some of you may have walked into church and you realize that some of you are speaking in a language that you don't understand, that it's not English. Some of us, it's our mother tongue. But some of us are speaking a, a heavenly language that we ourselves don't understand. It's a mystery. But I promise you that when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, it constantly reminds you of where you are. That's why the first thing that you lose when you go through an attack is your voice. You just want to, you don't want to talk to anybody. You don't want to pick up the phone call. You don't want to text anybody. Usually you'd be texting somebody and saying, hey, pray for me. But the devil wants to steal your voice. I really feel prophetically as Resh me is standing here and singing i believe there was an attack on her life to steal her voice but we are here eight months later to say god can and god will and god can and god will and there is an agenda of the enemy to steal your voice from singing to steal your voice from praying to steal your voice from speaking in tongues to steal your voice from praising the bible doesn't say come meditate on the lord the bible says come bless the lord blessing is something that we do when we open our mouth and some of you are in the presence of God meditating. Now is not the time to meditate. Now is the time to praise. Some of you who are filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to pray that God will fill you again this morning. Some of you who have never been filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time. Some of you who are filled with the Holy Spirit, while you are speaking in tongues, the person standing next to you is going to catch the fire that's on your life. Let's raise right now. Believe that God fills His church right now from the front to the back from the side to the side from the left to the right father fill us with fire fill us with the holy spirit fill us with the anointing fill us with glory the glory the glory the glory the glory 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 sweep this place 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 Glory sweep this place. El karabashi kere monturobasi kere vesia. El petegramasela. Your voice matters, my friend. Your voice matters. Don't let the devil steal your voice. It matters. It matters. Leri kababashi kete levosi. Ebro kalababasi tere vesia. Elebosha katarabasi yadere. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ah. Shalamante grodal fedex kebra katalama shokozia. Engtulabre gasi katarababosi kitibisia. The glory of God is in this place. The glory, the glory of God is in this place. The glory of God is in this place. It's 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 in this place. From Dothan to Samaria. May you make every journey that is required to prove to yourself 
that you didn't know your own strength. May this be your blessing. May this be your reality. May you be surprised at how strong you are as you live this week knowing that he does all things well. God can and God will. In Jesus' name. Come on, touch three or four people, shake their hands and say, God can and God will. Come on, tell them. Say, God can and God will. Find five people, five people. Tell them, God can and God will.